0: What's good, y'all? What's good, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the Amatelica TIs podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields. Here, Wednesday, December sixteenth, the year two thousand and twenty. The date this episode will drop nine days away from the Christmas holiday. If you celebrate, and if you do, uh, Merry Christmas to all of you guys out there listening got a good show for you uh here on this uh wednesday recap week 14 national football league of course here at the top including one of the greatest football games i've ever seen between the baltimore ravens and the cleveland browns that monday night football game that occurred a couple days ago recap that and i got a base an item of uh, baseball news i want to get to and then an item of basketball news i want to get you to close out the program but first things first Let's jump right into it with the National Football League, and let's uh, and I and I I typically don't start with them, but uh, but this game had playoff implications with it, and we'll get to all the juicy games uh, later on uh, in the program. And you know, you might think that it might be a weird game Oh, really you gonna start with you gonna start with this game? Well, yeah. Well, let's get this one out out the way with the Arizona Cardinals and the New York Football Giants. Arizona coming into this game with 6 and 6 still trying to stay alive in the NFC wild hunt while the Giants coming into this game at 5 and 7 uh, with uh, at the time shared the lead with first place I believe with uh, with the Washington Redskins heading into Sunday's action and uh, Giants coming off of their best win of the season beating uh, and beating the Seattle Seahawks the Sunday prior while Arizona is uh, licking their wounds after uh, getting absolutely dominated on all facets of the game by by the Buffalo Bills on the Monday night prior to uh, to Sunday. So Arizona flying cross country essentially to New Jersey to play the Giants, and they absolutely and they and they pretty much had the Giants' number all game long, winning 26-7. Colin uh, Murray 24 for 35, 244 yards passing. Ran for 47 yards on 13 carries on the ground. Threw a touchdown pass in the game. Kenyon Drake, 23 carries, 80 yards rushing. DeAndre Hopkins, hell of a performance. Nine receptions, 136 yards receiving. But This game was about the Giants and how bad of a loss it is for uh, New York. Uh, like I said, heading into this game, they were right into the thick of it as far as uh, the NFC East uh, division race is concerned. They current heading into Sunday, they had a uh, they were placed fourth on in the NFC while in the, on the NFC. Playoff picture, and by the time they lost, and by the time you know when their game was over, they had only lost one game, and they went from being number four, having the four seed in the NFC to the proverbial, I think it was the tenth seed in the NFC. So they fed, so they felt well. Granted, no team in the NFC East is making the playoffs as a wildcard team, but it just gives you an idea how you know one game makes all the difference. And and it shows. And the Giants made a terrible decision in starting Daniel Jones, who who hurt his leg. Furthermore, uh, in this game and looked and whose chances of starting uh, on Sunday night against the Browns at home is uh, looking uh, least likely by the day. That terrible decision to uh, terrible decision to start him. He was 11 for 21. Uh, hundred and twenty seven yards passing. Did not throw a touchdown pass. not throw an interception. Uh, fumbled the football three times. Lost one of them. I mean, he 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 was bad. You know, play bad hamstring. Couldn't move. And this was a game where if you're Joe Judge The New York Giants, if you end up losing this division to Washington, you're gonna be kicking yourselves because this is a game that y'all had, You know, the Cardinals. You know, the Cardinals. Uh, not the that the Cardinals didn't play uh Buffalo. I apologize. The Cardinals. Played, that's ah, a bad error. That's a bad error on my part, and I say that because, of course, the Forty ers are now playing in the Cardinal Stadium because of the Santa Clara Band. So I got confused there. They lost to the, they lost to the Rams. Lost to the Rams. Lost to the Rams. Okay, so just to clear that and get that error out the way, I apologize. But getting back to the Giants, it was a bad decision by uh, Joe Judge. And the New York Giants to go out there and to put and to send out Daniel Jones, who was not hundred percent, couldn't move, did did absolutely couldn't do anything. Threw the ball twenty-one times, one hundred twenty-seven yards, couldn't do anything. And that's a game where if the Giants end the missing the playoffs, it's going to be one of those games where it's like, was it really worth it having him start against Arizona at home where he could have rested a hamstring? You know, I understand Colt McCoy isn't, isn't Phil Sims, isn't Eli Manning, but Daniel Jones gives you a better chance to win. It's just the fact of the matter. And he had no business playing, he had no business starting that game because he couldn't move. And that's a bad loss for the Giants, as they fall to 5-8 and eight on the season, they are currently a game back behind Washington in the NFC East and a game in front of Philadelphia uh, as well in the NFC East. And as the Giants' playoff hopes uh, are, sl- are nearing slim to none as we head down the stretch of the 2020 NFL season. Game number two is between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins. Kansas City took care of this against Miami, 33 to 27. Can uh, the, the, the Dolphins had had Miami figure? I don't know if you could say figure it out, but they had them rattled early in the game. Patrick Mahomes 30 yard sack. Patrick Mahomes, who, you know, who isn't as fast as he thinks he is. He's you know he thinks he's Lamar Jackson as far as running the football and with his legs, he is not under any circumstances. Again, much better quarterback than Lamar Jackson is, but when it comes to running with the football, he is a he is a poor imitation of Mahomes when it or a poor imitation of Jackson when it comes to that thirty yard loss, threw three interceptions, uh, quite a couple of bad. One of them was a good play by the um, by a cornerback who's now gone five games in a row with an interception. Big props to him uh on a sweet one handed uh one handed pick down the right sideline in the end zone. But there was a bad pass he threw that was that went right to a dolphins defender that was tipped up in the air and got an interception. I forget the other interception he threw in the game. But Mahomes did not have a great game by Mahomes' standards by any stretch of the imagination. I mean he, he would he was not he was patched he was not Patrick Mahomes esque in that game. 20, I know he was 24 for 34 and threw for nearly 400 yards. It's you turn over the football against uh, not just this is not the um Miami Dolphins team of, of 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 you know 2019. This is a brand new revamped, refocused, competitive, gritty, gutty Miami Dolphins football team who's now who are now at 8 and 5 on the season and a chance of winning the east are near non-existent and uh and really picked the wrong time to lose because now the Ravens are starting to get hot and uh, the Ravens also coming for those last couple of wild card spots as well along with the second place team in the AFC South and then of course uh, Cleveland and that's and patrick not again not a great game turned over the football three times you do not like that under any circumstances he also uh fu- he also fumbled the ball you know so when you put the ball when you put your team in jeopardy, turning over the football or being sloppy and careless with with ball possession, you you cannot like that. If you're a Kansas City fan, you you just can't. I understand Mahomes, this, that, and the other. It's just you. you that's just not good. They couldn't run the. They couldn't run the football. You know, their leading rusher was Tyree Kill on 32-yard carry and Clyde Edwards alaire on 32 carries. So, you don't like the idea that Mahomes put the ball on the ground, turned, you know, through three interceptions. They couldn't run the football real well against Miami. Tyree, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill did their thing. Granted, too hell of, again, too hell of a player, which is why I can't hear people wax poetic about how like Mahomes has nobody to work with when he's playing on a football team surrounded by a bunch of all pros, potentially First ballot hall of famers, especially in Travis Kelsey. But you know, the Chiefs 12 and 1, still perfect away from Arrowhead, 7 and 0 on the road. They win one more road game, and they will go undefeated on the road for uh, the 2020 season. 2 and 0, uh, of course, in 2020 at our Hard Rock Stadium. Of course, that's where they won Super Bowl uh, 54 back in February to beat the Niners. They returned back. Little sloppy, you know, they uh they were not ready to play and then especially in the first quarter of that football game. Looks like the dolphin. the Dolphins had their number. Mahomes looked rattled. Their defense came uh, re- was uh raring to go and was ready to play, punched the Chiefs in the proverbial mouth. The problem was when you get outscored, uh when you get outscored what? Uh fourteen plus... Three. when you get outscored thirty to three in the second and third quarter combined. That's that. That's not. That's not a. You, you can't you can't win like that. You can't you can't essentially dominate the Chiefs for a fir, for the first quarter and then take the pet and then take your foot off the gas in the second and the third quarter and get outscored thirty to three in in the uh, in the middle quarters of the football game. That's sh- that is just inexcusable. I understand Miami is a young football team. They're still you know they has st- got a growing pains and they got get out the car. I understand all that, but you cannot under any Circumstance allowed Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs to basically rebound off of their terrible first quarter and outscore you thir- and outscore you 30 to three, and you know, and in, in back-to-back quarters combined, that 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 is just unacceptable. I'm sorry, it's just, and you cannot expect to compete long-term, expect to compete with Buffalo to win the division, and you cannot get into the playoffs, let alone win playoff games, performing like that because of that 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 that's bad, I understand Miami showed grit, they showed heart they look like they're gonna they look like they have promise and have shown some signs that they are here to stay as a competitive football team in the future, but that that's unacceptable, and that's something that has to be checked if they want to compete in the a f uh, c long term. Tua, 28 for 48, not great himself, either through interception, th- through for 316 yards passing. A lot of that, though, you know, was inflated because you play from behind, you're not going to run the ball a whole hell of a lot. But um, that's where you stand with Kansas City and Miami. And I'll tell you something right now. For those of you out there that think that Kansas, that, that won a Handle Lombardi trophy to Kansas City, I mean, you are you are sadly, sadly, sadly mistaken. Kansas City, again, they are a, they, if you ask me for my Super Bowl contenders, they are at the top of my list, but before we go ahead and just crown the Chiefs back-to-back Super Bowl champions and give Mahomes, Mahomes the second Lombardi trophy, you know, and back-to-back, can we calm down, please, before we hand the Chiefs another Lombardi trophy? Can we get I mean, they, to be fair, they were pathetic in the first quarter offensively against Miami. Puh- Pathetic. Their The defense was awful against the Raiders. This team, they, uh, they, you know, they, they made the game interesting when they played Carolina uh, back in November, and then, uh, and then what's another game they played against? Um, uh, it slips my mind. Uh, when they played, give me a second. When they played, uh, when they played Denver, they couldn't get their offense was sloppy in that game too against Denver. So, so the the idea that Kansas City is a is a you know what stop cancel the rest of the season hold hold your horses we have a champion crowned you know sitting here on December uh December sixteenth let's let's calm down now. Let's call him that. Super Bowl favorite, yes. Super Bowl contender, absolutely. But to basically say that the, that the Kansas City Chiefs in week 14, week 15 of the 2020 NFL season are, are you just hand them, hand them the Lombardi, that's where I got to draw a line. I got to say timeout Because it's not a coincidence why we have gone, what, 16 years since a repeat Super Bowl champion? When Brady and Belichick did it in 2003, they knocked off the Panthers. In 2004, they knocked off the Eagles. There's a reason why it's been 16 years since we've had a repeat Super Bowl champion. The closest the closest we the closest we've gotten since then was 2013, 2014, when the Seahawks went went to back to back Super Bowls, and of course lost the one Super Bowl 49 against the Patriots. And when the Patriots what made it to three straight, but they didn't win all. They they didn't when they went to those three straight Super Bowl fifty one, two and three. They didn't they didn't win them all in a row. They won fifty one, lost fifty two and won fifty three. They won two out of three. They didn't win all three or the two or the first two of the three. So if the if the great Bill Belichick, the greatest NFL coach of all time, and the goat Tom Brady can't you know went to 3 super bowls in a row and couldn't win back and couldn't win them back to back why is Kansas City and Mahomes and Andy Reid any different i mean no disrespect to them but i mean come on it's no coincidence why teams why why the league itself has gone 16 years think about that for a minute 16 years since a team repeated as super bowl champions you've had teams repeat as conference champions. You've had the Patriots three-peat as conference champions in 2016, 17 and 18. But even when they three-peated as conference champions, they won two of the three Super Bowls, but they won the first one, won the last one, lost the middle one. So so it's just, you know, whether, you know, and and it's just it's just difficult. I'm sorry, no dis. It's just difficult. Whether it's got, whether it's luck, whether it's the fact that you really got to be a dominant, disciplined team. Whatever it is, you got to get lucky for sure. Luck plays a huge part. Luck and, and, and the fact that it's a game of chance and good fortune that plays a huge part into it. Not to mention discipline and hard work. And you straight up and down got to be a dominant football team. And for sixty minutes, the last a couple of. A few times, not a whole lot, but a few times during this NFL season, the Chiefs have not played dominant football for a whole 60 minutes. Whether it's being spotty on defense against the Raiders, whether it's the offense being spotty in the first quarter against Miami, or the offense being spotty, for the most part, against Denver a few weeks back. They have not, from start to finish, played dominant football. For three quarters they have. For the second half of a the game they have, but from start to finish, all thirteen games they have not played well, I shouldn't say that, but as of late, they have not played dominant football for a full sixty minutes they ha- they have not watch the games, look at the stats they have not and again, it's no coincidence why it's why we why it's been sixteen years difficult you know it 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 it, it, it could be a, it could be i mean it's so i don't want to use the word luck like it's the lottery but it's like it's it can change on a dime like that you know night before in you know a night or a few days before a, a, a you know a playoff game it come my home test positive for covid or you know a freak injury happens i mean you you don't you don't know or something happens to motivate the other team, and it's just one of those instances where if they those two teams were to play each other nine times, the Chiefs would beat them nine out of the ten times, but on that particular night, they just lost. So, I mean, I'm not going to hand them the Lombardi Trophy. They have to earn that. And in my honest opinion, even if they do make it back to the Super Bowl, I don't think they're going to repeat. Simply because it's so damn hard to do. A lot of things have to break right. And the closest that I've seen was with the Seahawks. And they screwed that up. throwing bought the one yard line and they got Marshall Lynch. It was right there in front of them. and they And they squandered it. But it's so hard to do. Even if they get back, it's hard to do. Because they get back and they play the Saints. And maybe it's, you know, it's Drew Brees in the Saints' time for those heart, for losing to the Vikings in the playoffs. At home, losing to the Vikings two out of the last three years. The pass interference call that should have been against the It's in it and Drew Brees walks out on top of champion. You know, so you just, or or they make it back and they play the Packers. And it being 10 years since Aaron Rodgers' last championship. And it's his turn to win. And it, it's meant for him to win another one. Or, you know, or he goes back and, you know, maybe they play the Seahawks or whatever. And Russell Wilson, okay, they Russell Wilson wins one. Went wins another one. Or they get picked off in AFC by Buffalo because, you know... They they haven't won a playoff game in what over thirty something years, and so it's Buffalo's time, moment of glory. They don't they, they you know the offense is sloppy. Mahomes doesn't play a great game. Josh Allen plays impeccable. They milk the you know it happens, or they play Tennessee and essentially what happened with Tennessee did to Baltimore they do to Kansas City. Have Derrick Henry run rampant for him, run rampant on him, up and down the field all game long, keep Mahomes on the sideline as long as possible to the point where Mahomes has to more or less beat the clock than he does his opponents. So even if they make it back, I don't think they're repeating the champions. Not because of anything they've done per se, but because it's so hard and because... The game of football is just so unpredictable that the chances of it happening, at least in my mind, is slim to none. I mean, think about it. The Patriots went to three straight Super Bowls in a row just within the last five years. And with those three straight appearances, they couldn't even repeat. It's hard. It's hard, and again, no coincidence why we've gone sixteen years without a repeat champion. No coincidence, but I digress. Indianapolis beat the Raiders forty-four uh, twenty-seven. This 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 was a terrible terrible loss on the part of the, on the part of Vegas. Derek Carr turned over the football twice. Running game couldn't get anything going. Uh, Hunter Renfro had a fumble in the game. Uh, which uh, which cost them a possession. I mean, it's it bad. It's it, that loss essentially, folks. Uh, puts not only puts Raiders puts the Raiders behind the eight ball, but I think ends their season and 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 essentially keeps them out the playoffs. They fall to seven and six on the season. They got to chase. They got to chase Cleveland. Cleveland, the Dolphins, whoever finishes second in the AFC South, and the Ravens. And there's only three playoff spots, and they're seven and six. While while Tennessee, while Tennessee and Indianapolis are at nine and four, the Ravens are at um, while Cleveland's at nine and four, and the Ravens are at eight and five. So the Colts. Titans, Browns, all at nine and four, and the Ravens are at eight and five, and Miami is at eight and five, and and Vegas is seven and six, and Vegas has to play. Granted, they they get a layup playing the Chargers on Thursday, but then they got the Dolphins, and then they got the Broncos. Dolphins will be a hard game, but will it? But they pretty much put themselves in a position where they don't control their own destiny because of a bad loss. The defense was horrendous. Phillip Rivers, Phillip Rivers had a nice game. Jonathan Taylor ran rampant on him all afternoon long. 20 carries, 150 yards rushing, and two touchdown rushes. Uh, j- just the Ra- Raiders' defense. I don't care how much sound they got on offense. Derek Carr and Josh Jacobs and... And uh and Nelson Aguilar and, and and Henry Ruggs, it doesn't matter. If you if your defense can't 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 get there can't get the opposing offense off the field, you're not gonna win football games and thus you're not gonna make the playoffs. That is a absolutely terrible blow to the to the Raiders playoff hopes is losing that game on Sunday. Which they had no business losing, especially in their building. I understand the Colts are a good football team, but if you want to make a playoff push and want to sneak into the playoffs, playoffs as a wild card team, you cannot under any circumstances afford to lose that game. You, you, I'm sorry, you just can't. That that's 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 inexcusable, inexcusable. Washington. Uh, I get this. this is this the right game? No, I do not think so. So. I screwed that up, uh picking the wrong game. Uh this will get my notes all confused here. My apologies for that. But anyway, we go to uh it's giving me the stupid internet's giving me, um again, I made that same uh I made that same error. I put in Washington versus the Cardinals and that's stupid and the fact the forty ers are playing and State Farm Stadiums throwing me off. So when I go ahead and I go up t- and when I go ahead and and pull up the uh, you know the stat sheet on the internet, it's it's throwing me off because I can't because I typed in the wrong team. And I'm sitting up here looking at the score and I'm like, well, Washington didn't lose one again So anyway, that's not a here nor there. Ah, here we go. Washington twenty three to fifteen against the forty ers An absolute performance. Alex Smith hurt his calf in the game. They're gonna need him back and ASAP. Uh they got Seattle this week and they got a and outs and unless they pull a, unless they pull another rabbit out of the hat, it'd be the second one in three weeks after they beat Pittsburgh if they do beat Seattle at home. But if they have a chance to run the table, lot not likely. They but they have a chance to run the table and finish the season at nine and seven. I think they'll win two out of their last three, lose to Seattle, and then win the next two to win the division at eight and eight. Um, and partly because their defense is just so freaking good. I mean, I mean, let me read you. Let me read you Chase Young's stat line. I mean, he had six total t- he had six total t- tackles excuse me he had a sack he had a sack and then he and then he had a scoop and score for, and he had a scoop and score for a touchdown in, in the game i mean boy was that was that pick in the back in april's draft worth it in getting chase i mean they, sorry about that with money. but they scored two touchdowns defensively in this game they put up, they put up twenty three points, and and fourteen of them were because it were because it were defensive touchdowns, and if you're off and if and anyone who knows football is a football fan that's got you know any football knowledge, or any it's got any that knows football and is worth their salt will tell you if you have a bad off if you have a bad to a mediocre offense, that doesn't put a lot of points on the board and doesn't score a whole hell of a lot the The next best thing is to have a defense, is to have a great defense that gets that stops the opponent from scoring. Obviously, gets the ball back for their offense to basically get them a boot, to give them a boost with them having more uh, opportunities of possession they stop, you know, get forcing punts so they get good territory, so they have to work with the short field so they don't have to do as much work to get down the field. And lastly, when you have a good defense, a lot of times you know how to score on defense, and you do it, you know, more, th- more times than not, more than one time, like Washington did on Sunday. You know, had a pick six, and then they had a uh, and then they had a scoop and score with uh, Chase Young. So if your defense can pick up the slack every now and again uh, for the offense, when the offense can't, you know, when the offense didn't do any of the scoring like they didn't, you know, the the two, the only two touchdowns Washington had in the game were defense. Their other scoring were field goals. So when Washington's offense couldn't put the ball in the end zone, and their defense can, not just on more on more than one occasion. That that's always always going to be a good thing, and it's always going to pay dividends. Uh, as far as the teams like Washington trying to win the division and make the playoffs, the offense stinks, but boy, their defense top five in the National Football League, and they got the num- they got this past year's number one pick in the draft, or excuse me, number two pick in the draft. Who uh, you know? Who is up there with Chase Young as one of the as one of the game's best defensive linemen in the league right now? I mean, ju- they, they, well, I mean, I don't know what else you want me to say. Their defense is that freaking good. They get up they get off the field. They don't let their opponents score. You know, twenty one plus points on them. They, you know, they don't. You know, and like you saw on Sunday, they force turnovers. And when opportunity is there to be had. They score off of the turnovers, and when they create the turnovers, they score on defense like they did on Sunday. So just a phenomenal, phenomenal job by Washington. Ron Rivera is a good coach. Not great, but he's a good coach. His team plays hard for him. He knows how to construct a good defense. Ron Rivera, Washington wins this division. You might as well give Ron Rivera the coach of the year and give Alex Smith comeback player of the year award. Now, and, and I know people are going to worry and say, well, you know, if Dwayne Haskins is starting there in trouble, I, if here's all you got to do if you're Washington. Tell Dwayne Haskins to give the ball to McKissick, give the ball to Gibson when he comes, off, comes back off an injury. Make sure that, that Haskins has the ball in his hands as least amount of times as possible. He should only be throwing the ball Maximum fifteen times a game. That's it. Just run the football, keep the ball out of his hands, and send your defense out there onto the field and let them do and leave them to do the dirty work, and you know and and score the occasional touchdown on defense. So they are they're in trouble if they have Haskins behind center, but they're not dead. They're not dead because Alex Smith, all due respect to him, isn't exactly. Uh, Joe Theismann, Doug Williams, or uh, Sonny Jurgensen himself either. But granted, Alex Smith gives them a better chance to win, but he's, eh, come on, he's Alex Smith. But they need him back. If they uh, if they want to make some noise, if they want to win the division and make some noise in the NFC playoffs, but that is good. That's a great win for Washington. They've won four games. They've won four games in a row. Have not lost the game since at the Lions uh, at the Lions when they lost thirty to twenty seven the Sunday before, uh, not the Sunday before Thanksgiving. Uh, get off that. But when they lost to the Lions thirty to twenty seven on November the 20, excuse me, November the 15th. So they've won four games in a row and have gone a full month without losing a game. They haven't lost a game in a month. Now, this streak might end. Seattle's going to give them a hard time. They do have the advantage of being at home, and Seattle did, of course, lose to Colt McCoy and the Giants, so you never know. They could be a little flat, you know, with the jet lag flying uh, west coast to east coast, so you never know. And it, and it will be cold, and it will be cold and frigid. I would imagine on Sunday, but Washington's got a good chance to win the division, and possibly, depending on who they play, win a playoff game. Which, if I told you that at the beginning of the season, you it, yeah, you'd, it'd be hard to believe. Hard belief. Speaking of the NFC East, Philadelphia Eagles decide to wait till you know Jalen Hurts starts. Uh, and they put Carson Wentz on the pine. You know where was this with the Eagles all season long? Run the football. You know they had two. They had two running backs run for or not running backs. They had Miles Sanders and they had Jalen Hurts combined. Combined for a hundred and a hundred and twenty-one yards rushing on the ground. If my math is correctly, yeah. 121, no, excuse me, 211 yards, excuse me, 221 yards rushing on the ground between Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders had 14 carries, ran for two touchdowns. Jalen Hurts, 18 carries, 106 yards rushing. Jalen Hurts was an awful throwing a football either 17 for thirty hundred sixty-seven yards passing through a touchdown pass as well. Where was this from the Eagles all season long? I, 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 want, I want to know. I want to know. And... And as far as Philadelphia is concerned, you know, as far as Philadelphia is concerned, they need to. Of course, time will tell if hurts if hurts is their guy or not, and uh, and if he is, they need they need to get Carson Wentz out of town quick, fast, and in a hurry because because Carson Wentz cannot be the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles any longer if they expect to win long term. I'm sorry, they just can't. Whether it's the fact, whether it's the fact that you know that the city of Philadelphia loves uh, loves Foles because he delivered a championship and and the, and the statue of Foles and and uh, and uh, Peterson bothers them, whatever whatever it might be, but I mean, but I mean, I d- I don't know. Carson Wentz. If this Jalen Hurts thing ends up working, Carson Wentz has to get out. Has to get out of Philadelphia. If this Jalen Hurts experiment, experiment ends up working, here's the people that need to go: the GM Howie Roseman and and uh, and Carson Wentz. Howie for for constructing this, you know, for essentially providing no offensive linemen and no wide receivers. He needs to go, and and Carson Wentz needs to go. Just simply based on the fact that if he wants to win and wants to salvage his career, he has to he has to get out of Philadelphia. Because I, I I think it's fair to say that Carson Wentz will not win a championship as a member of the Philadelphia Eagles. He needs a new change of scenery. He needs to go to a team where it's uh where it's not, you know, Foles and Super Bowl Fifty, F- Super Bowl Fifty Two. He needs to, he just needs to get away from Foles, get away from Peterson, get away from that Eagles franchise, and start a clean, fresh slate where there's no, no quarterback controversy, no fans saying, "Man, I wish we could have kept and we should have kept Nick." From you don't have to. He needs to go to a, go to a team, whether it's the Colts, the Patriots. Who cares? He needs to get out of Philadelphia if he wants to save his career. Case closed because he cannot be a successful, winning quarterback in the National Football League as a member of the Philadelphia Eagles. I understand the offensive line. I understand the wide receiving targets, but it ain't going to work. It ain't going to work, and it, it isn't going to. It isn't going to. So, and I understand who's going to who's going to take on that contract, but for his sake, for his career, he needs to ask for a trade. Not because i he just if he if he want if he is serious about saving his career he has to has to get out of philly he has to I i don't know if it's because he misses frank Wright. Which is which what I've what I've read the last couple of days looks like. It sounds like that he's missed them dearly, not just as a coach, but on a personal level. Whether it's that, whether it's him and Peterson don't exactly click, and he's jealous of the bond that Peterson and Foles had during the Super Bowl run. The Foles and Peterson statue, you know, he every single time he pulls up the Lincoln Financial, he has to he has to go past that statue whether it's the fact he turns into Philadelphia Sports Talk Radio and he hears the Eagles fans saying, I wish you could have kept Nick Foles, and he hears Nick Foles, he thinks of the Super Bowl. So whatever it might be. But if Carson Wentz wants to save his career, he has to get out of Philadelphia. Whether, Whether Hertz works out or not, he has to get out of Philadelphia. Has to. Has to. Has to. Whether go to the Colts and join up with Reich again, or... Or go to New England and work with Belichick. But he has, if he wants any chance of winning a Super Bowl, let alone win a playoff game, of winning a Super Bowl and resurrecting his career, he has to, has to, one more time, has to get out of Philadelphia. And that's all I have to say about that. As far as the Saints are concerned, I think the, I'm not, you know, a lot of people have been jumping off the Saints bandwidth. I mean, my goodness, my goodness, great, folks, they, in their defense, they won like what eight games in a row. I understand it's to a hapless Philadelphia Eagles team and Jalen Hurts starting his first game, you know, starting his first his first ever career start. But can we? T- they're allowed a bad loss. They did what I mean. Maybe allowed's the wrong way to put it, but they did win eight in a row. I mean, my good, would you expect them to basically to win all the way through to the Super? I mean, come on, you know, they they any given Sunday, y'all. I mean, you, and you would, and you wouldn't think. That Jalen, that the fact that the Eagles essentially having their first source of life all season long and having a new quarterback, a new guy at the helm behind, you don't think that was going to pump up and energize the Eagles a little bit when they've won, when they've lost four games in a row? It's a bad, it's a bad loss. Don't get me wrong, and could end up costing the Saints the number one seed in the, in the NFC. But let's not act like that the Saints, because they lost to Philadelphia, all of a sudden, you know you know, like rats jumping off the ship, you know, jumping off the sinking ship because the Saints lost to Philadelphia that they're no longer a, a Super Bowl favorite. I mean let, let's 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 take it easy now. I mean what I mean the, 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 the New England the two thousand eighteen New England Patriots lost th- lost three games three games in 2018 and all three of the teams they lost to did not make the playoffs the lions the steelers or excuse me the lions the dolphins steelers lost three games won the super bowl lost three games and every single one of those three teams, or lost, lost three games and every single one of the three teams they lost to did not make the playoffs. So sometimes teams need need a loss like this to to you know to bring them back down to earth and refocus them a little bit. I, I'm I'm still sore. It's a bad again bad loss because it hurts them long term with the seeding and number one seed and everything else. But and because they get because they got the Rams, they got the Rams. And and the Packers, who they who if it came in, came down to a tiebreaker, what the Packers they would lose the tiebreaker with. But they got a, I know they have a tiebreaker with the Packers, which they would lose for the number one seed. They got the Packers, and they got the um, they got the Rams, and even the Seahawks breathing down their neck for the number one seed in the in the NFC. I understand all that, but let's not act like that because the Saints lost to the Philadelphia Eagles, that you know their season is over. And they're no longer a, a Super Bowl contender. Let's take it easy. Again, bad loss, but let's let's relax. Philly Philly was was bound to win a game once, you know, at at some point. They had lost four games in a row, and they and they had their new and they had their brand spanking new draft second round draft pick, making his first career start. And Philadelphia essentially is playing from a position of, you know, got nothing to lose because they know their season's over anyway. They know that that there's that their chances of winning the division and making the playoffs are slim to none. So uh, let's relax before we all like rats on a sinking ship jump off the, you know, all of a sudden uh, banish the Saints to, uh, you know, to uh, to the off season. No Super Bowl for you. Let's let's calm down. Bad loss, but let's relax. Tate and we and and in, well, no kidding. Taysom Hill. That's why Drew Brees is starting quarterback, and Taysom Hill is not. Bad loss, but let's let's calm down. And and I and it's funny. You know, I told my brother and sister watching that game on the red on the, on the Sunday ticket. I said, "Watch the Saints end up losing this game," which again, bad loss. Their run defense was piss poor all game long. But I said, "You watch, they lose this game. Watch Drew Brees. You know, they came out and said prior to that game on Sunday, well, Drew Brees is you know they're not going to rush Drew Brees back. You know, with this with the Chiefs game looming. I I, t- I said, you watch, they lose this game to Philadelphia. You will see Drew Brees." You will see Drew Brees back on that football field, fully padded, helmet helmet on, chin strap so fast, it will make your head spin. What happened? Saints lose. Wednesday night, news breaks, Drew Brees practices for the first time. And he's not ruled out. What does that tell you? He 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 he's playing, folks. Sa Saints Saint coming off of a bad loss to an inferior opponent. Their number one seed hopes are are hanging by a thread right now. By a thread. And they play and they're going up against a team that if all breaks right, they could be playing them again come February seventh in the Super Bowl. Their hopes of getting the best record in the NFC hanging by a thread. The last thing you want to do is lose two games in a row, and they're going up against a team who they could end up facing in the Super Bowl in February. And you think and Taysom Hill again? That you think they're going? You think they're going to try to? You think that with without doing everything in their manpower? to to put to make sure Drew Brees comes you think you think that they're not gonna try to, to to get Drew Brees back going up against Mahomes you think you you think honestly they want to try to out Taysom Hill uh, with you know hybrid snaps hybriding snaps with uh with Jameis Winston going up against Patrick Mahomes? Really? Again no coincidence why he practiced today why he isn't ruled out. You're going to see Drew Brees on Sunday. It'll be Brees, Mahomes. Write it down. Last game, we'll get to a break and get to the Ravens and the Browns. Pittsburgh dropped two in a row. Buffalo took care of business 26-15. Uh... Uh, throwing the I I don't understand Pittsburgh you know they ran the ball a total of uh, seventeen times in the game Ben Roethlisberger threw the ball thirty seven times which again you cannot expect to win football games or let alone fool your opponents. Uh, and be successful on offense when you're one-dimensional, whether it's running the football all the time or, in Pittsburgh's case, throwing the football all the time. I mean, Big Ben, 38 years of age, coming off a surgically repaired elbow, and you got him throwing the football 30, 35, 40, 45, 50 times a game. It's just you can't you just can't expect to win football games that way because everyone their mother knows, well, they're not going to run the football, and when they do try to run the football, they don't go in way anyways. We might as well. Get all you know, basically not waste our time with uh, with uh, stacking the box and just load and just load up our side of the feet, our our side of the line of scrimmage with with extra corners and and two safeties and the linebackers and ba- and and you know and make sure that Ben Roethlisberger doesn't doesn't go uh, doesn't go crazy throwing the football. And I, and it also doesn't help because it also doesn't help every single time a, a football touches the Steelers in the hands they drop it. Juju Smith Schuster, Juju Smith Schuster, not well, not him, but Deontay Johnson, Eric Ebron, James Washington, Chase Claypool, ball hits them right in the hands, up they just drop it. So Pittsburgh offense and they got major issues, major issues. Can't run the football. Offense is too one-dimensional. Wide receivers can't couldn't catch coronavirus if they licked the bottom of a toilet seat. It's a mess. It's a mess. And then on the defensive side, they, you know, no, no one can cover Stephon Diggs. Ten receptions, 130 yards receiving, and a touchdown pay, and a touchdown catch. No one could no one could cover Deshaun uh Stephon Diggs. And you know. And you know I love me some Josh Allen, but he made him look like uh Jim Kelly and Pist- and Pittsburgh drops two in a row, eleven and two on the season, and they're all like sending a message to the league that you ought you were what we thought you were a fake, phony, fraudulent, misleading eleven and no football team, and this is where. And when they play like this, you can see why me and the Colin Cowherds of the world picked this team to go 7-9, and 6-10. and 10. Because they are not, because they do not have an explosive, dynamic offense. Big Ben is old, coming off of elbow surgery. And they don't have any big-time wide receivers. They just don't. And, and... They can't run the football. Now I'll raise my hand cuz 11 and 0 is 11 and 0. But you all can see why I picked this team to go 7 and 9 6 and 10. You can see why. The offense has been spotty. And the defense is out on the field too long. What happens? They allow guys like Stephon Diggs to go crazy. They lose two in a row. 11-2. and two. They still might get the second seed. But they made, but they made their lives interesting when they when they had no business getting interesting because if I don't know, get to Cleveland Baltimore game after the break, but if Cleveland would have beaten Baltimore, Cleveland would have only been a game out of first place in the AFC North. But P- Pittsburgh's got to get it together. Their 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 last quote unquote easy game of the season. Is against the Bengals on Monday Night Football, which would be an absolute bloodbath. And the and the Christopher Russos of the world can see and can get a close up bird, can get a close up view of why Zach Taylor needs to be fired. But I digress. Then after the Bengals, they got the Colts playoff team, and they got the Browns playoff team. So they 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 need to straighten up and fly right. They do. They do. Especially if they got to face Baltimore or Buffalo again. Or Kansas City if they make it to the AFC they 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 got to fix themselves. They have to. You cannot beat the Kansas City Chiefs with that piss-poor offensive display I saw on Sunday night. And you cannot beat Buffalo in a rematch doing the same thing you did on Sunday night. And you can't beat the Baltimore Ravens, who are a different Baltimore Ravens team now than they were November the 1st, and even, what, two, three weeks ago when they played them two, three Wednesdays ago? It's a different Baltimore Ravens team. And as of right, they and as right now, they are not the AFC's second best team. That goes to Buffalo simply because Buffalo beat Pittsburgh. I understand Pittsburgh is eleven and two, but Buffalo did beat Pittsburgh, and Buffalo's offense is much better. Than Pittsburgh's offenses, and they are just uh, I they they're just a better football team than Pittsburgh is right now. And it could change, but as of right now, Buffalo I think is the second best team in the AFC. Kansas City, Buffalo, Pittsburgh. That's that's my order: Kansas City, Buffalo, Pittsburgh. The Steelers need to get themselves together. If if they if they still want to be in, they're falling out of the conversation day by day. They're barely in to begin with, and now they're pretty much extinct from the Super Bowl conversation at this point. If they want to still be considered, quote unquote, Super Bowl contenders, they got to straighten up and fly right. And no one will be impressed when you beat the Bengals fifty-two to fifty-two to zero on Monday Night Football in front of. In front of uh, 5,000 at Paul Brown Stadium. No one against Brandon Allen at quarterback. No one will be impressed. Be impressed. You went out. In the first playoff game you play, you, your offense... Puts up 30 plus points and your defense shuts them out. Then people will be impressed. And another thing, and I get to a break. Can someone tell Juju Smith-Schuster to quit his stupid, asinine, immature, obnoxious, childish TikTok dancing, police? Okay, you're a grown man. You play professional football. Okay, you're not 15. You're not my 15-year-old sister. You know, spending her free time doing TikToks all day. Okay, you're not 15. You're not. You're not eight. You're not 10. You're not 12. You're not 13. You're not a middle school or a high school girl. Okay, you're a grown. You're a grown man making millions playing football. Start acting like it. Stop all this is goofy gooberish nonsense. You know, take you know, prompting the NBC camera during pregame to go out to the midfield logo and do your stupid, asinine TikTok dances in front of America on the midfield logo, especially when you're on the road. So teams like Buffalo take it as a sign as as disrespect. And you get the and you get your opponent all riled up and pissed off, and the next thing and and the next thing you know, your offense plays like a pile of crap, and you can't sc- and you can't score a damn thing. Meanwhile, the meanwhile the opposition is running up and down the field, scoring touchdowns on your left and right. And then he comes out and says, "Well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stop doing. That. I'm gonna let juju be juju. Okay, fine. If okay, 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 all right." Hey, okay, you, you do that against the Bengals, you'll get away with it. Do do that in Cleveland. Winner take all scenario for the division, or for Cleveland and it into the playoffs. Do that in Cleveland. Last game of the season. See and see where that gets you. See where that gets you. And unlike Buffalo, there will be fans in the stands in Cleveland. Do do that at your own risk and at your own, uh, at your own um, uh, at your own uh, expense. Because if you be dancing and farting around the middle of the field, you got Buffalo pissed off, and you know what happened? You lost the football game, Juju. The last thing you want. Is for you to do something childish like what you did on Sunday night, rile up your opponent and essentially give them bulletin board material or put a or put a target on your back and you, and you lose a playoff game. And it, there's a time and a place, Juju. Okay? the the, the fifty three players you're going up against could could give could could give could could give a crap about your stupid TikTok dances you do for the for the fifteen year olds on Instagram Snapchat and TikTok nobody cares nobody cares play football win football games the Steeler fan moaning and groaning because you know, they, because they're scared because they're nervous as hell that they're gonna lose the number one spot in the AFC and the fact that everyone in the media is like, Oh, I told you this was the front they don't want they they do not want to see you or hear you act like it's high school musical doing TikTok dances on the opposing team's midfield logo when they just lost two games in a row. And have Cleveland breathing down their neck for the division. The Yenzer, the Steeler fan, does not want to doesn't want to hear that, and does not want to watch you do TikTok dances during pregame, getting the getting your opponents all pissed off. There's a time and a place before football, before a, before a vital key pivotal playoff not a playoff game, but before a vital key game televised in front of America. Against a good football team like Buffalo, that ain't the time and place. You can do it at Heinz. You go to Buffalo, go to Cleveland, go to Cincinnati. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Not not the time and place, Juju. Not the time and place. The last thing your team can afford right now is you pissing off your opponent because you want to placate to the 15-, 16-year-olds who's got nothing else better to do with their lives than sit around and watch, and watch TikTok videos of you all damn day. Grow up, Juju. Enough. Long segment, an hour, open the monologue. Had to get a lot of things off my chest. I apologize. Take a break. Recap the Bengals game right after, or excuse me, the Browns and Ravens game right after this. Listening to you babble on your dopey little podcast. Welcome back to the Amtelica TIS podcast. Switching gears now to one of the, uh, I tell you, one of the greatest Monday night football games I've ever seen. Uh, and that—and one of the greatest football games of all time I've ever seen. Uh, between the Baltimore Ravens and the uh, Cleveland Browns on Monday night. And if you went to bed early or you didn't watch the game, boy, you missed a football game for the ages. I mean, it had everything you could want in a football game. That game had it. 47-42, the first time in the history of the NFL that the final score of a game was, was uh, 47-42. Lamar Jackson did not have, statistically, did not have a huge night throwing the football. But here's all you need to know. Left the game in the third quarter. Was it the third quarter? But left the game with cramps, quote-unquote. Came back. Trace McSorley sprains his knee on a fourth and five. He then come back first, first down, second after, fourth and five. They don't get this. Ravens lose the game. Fourth and five, out of the locker room onto the sideline, and throws a rolls out to his right and throws a dot to Hollywood Brown, who earlier in the game dropped a pass that my ten uh, year old cousin could have caught. And runs down middle of the field, up the seam, for a touchdown to give the Ravens the lead. And I will paint the picture of that game from there on out. But that's all you need to know. Made the throw of his life. I understand the 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 uh, the, the stat line throwing the football isn't you know it's gonna blow you away, but that's all you need to know. And One of the this is what his fourth or fifth big game he's he's had in his young career, and it's his most clutch performance yet. With the game hanging in the balance, Lamar Jackson brought his team home, which is something that me and everyone else who's been critical of him since twenty eighteen has gotten on him for. He made the critics see crow on Monday night. I understand not a playoff game, but it was a big-time game. Monday Night Football in front of everybody, division rival, trying to bring his team up from the dead to make the playoffs. And he brought his team home with one pass play to Hollywood Brown, who is not his cousin as far as talent is concerned by any stretch of the imagination. But from the Cleveland side of it, you have to give Baker Mayfield a ton of credit. Second, this, I mean, back-to-back weeks, he has phenomenal performances against Tennessee on the road. And then in this game, threw for 343 yards, passing and two touchdowns, threw a bad interception. I get it, that happens, but a phenomenal game. Team was down 14, 14 points led them all the way back to tie the game up to the point where I think Cleveland was up by one. Yeah, they were. It led to comeback and then had Cleveland up by one because Lamar needed to throw that touchdown to Hollywood for them to take the lead. So, you gotta give Baker Mayfield a ton of credit. Nick Chubb had a decent night, ran for 82 yards, two touchdown rushes. But, Baker Mayfield What a gamer and what a baller. And, you know, me and, again, all the other critics out there who got on Bacon Mayfield in 2018, 2019, this is what we've been waiting for, is that performance that he constructed against Tennessee and then against Baltimore on Monday night. Granted, it a loss, but it was still one hell of a performance. Brought his team back, down 14, to take the lead late. Only issue is he scored too quickly, and Lamar Jackson and the Ravens had time left. And what does Lamar do? Game winning drive, leads the Ravens down the field. And Justin Tucker, the field goal kicking machine that he is, hits a game winning 50. Whew, let me make sure I get this right 55 yard field goal to win the game. And it's funny. I'm sitting there before the game, at like 5 o'clock earlier on Monday. I'm talking to my sister, younger sister about the game, this, that, and the other. And I said, Zoe, I got a good feeling that this game is going to come down to a game winning field goal by Justin Tucker in the in the game's final closing seconds. And wouldn't you know it, it did. I swear on a stack of bibles I'm not making this up. I something in my mind said this game's going to come down to a Justin Tucker game-winning field goal. And I was and it was and I said and I for whatever the reason I told her it's going to be like more than 50 it's going to be longer than 50 yards. It's going to be like more it's going to be 50 yards It's going to be at the minimum how long it's going to be. And lo and behold game-winning field goal. 55 yards for the win. I mean, unbelievable. What one of the one of the greatest endings and one of the best football games I've ever seen. From Lamar going out with the cramps and it coming out the tone like Superman. Fourth and five, touchdown on Hollywood Brown to take the lead. Bacon Mayfield's great performance. Leading them on a 14-point comeback. Hollywood Brown dropped the Five-yard little out route curl, whatever it was, dropped the pass that hit him right in his chest. Only for him to catch what could have been the game-winning touchdown when Lamar came out the tunnel. And then Justin Tucker doing what he does best, ice in his veins, game-winning 55-yard field goal right down the middle to win the game. I mean, if, if you didn't watch that game or if you didn't enjoy that football game, something wrong with you. Straight up up and down. Something is wrong with you. Because that was as riveting and as exciting a football game as you're ever, ever going to see. Granted, not that much defense, but still one hell of a football game. So many twists, so many turns, so many holy cow look at that unexpected moments with the drama with Lamar Jackson being in the locker room. And then Trace McSorley, you know nearly blowing out his knee only for Lamar to come back out the locker room. I mean it, it was it was fantastic. Fantastic. Lamar slipping in the first half all over the place and then him changing the cleat. Oh that game had everything. It game had drama, it had suspense, it had everything. And I enjoyed every single minute of it. Every single minute of it. And that was a game you know that Cleveland had to win if they wanted to catch Pittsburgh, as far as the AFC North League, as I mentioned in the opening monologue, that if Cleveland would have won on Monday night, their lead behind Pittsburgh for the division would have would have been down to one game. Pittsburgh eleven and two, and Cleveland would have been um, would have been ten and three. Baltimore would have fell to eight and six, and their chances of making the playoffs would have been. Uh, would have uh, shrunk because because of course of how competitive it is with, cleve with Cleveland of course having one of those wild card spots not to mention Miami and and uh, Miami and then of course the second place team in the AFC South so and the and the Ravens won the game and they're still on the outside looking in as far as the AFC wild card is concerned but that was a game that the Ravens had to have and their most difficult game on the schedule because their last three are as follows. Home against Jacksonville, home against the Giants at Cincinnati. Doesn't get any easier than that, to be quite honest with you. Baltimore, although they, although in theory they don't control their own destiny, Baltimore is going to make the playoffs at 11-5. and five. Write it down. But again... One of the greatest football games you're ever going to see. I understand people are going to go Chiefs Rams, this was a great football game. Granted, Chiefs Rams had a lot more defensive highlights than this game did. Ravens Ravens didn't. Um, you know, Ravens Ravens only turned over the fo- only turned you know only turned over the football one time. So that, in total there were there combined there was like two turnovers in the game, and I think in the in the Rams chiefs game you th- I think you had at least one defensive touchdown. I grant you that, but this game is better than that one was because of th- just the drama and just the craziness of it. Ravens slipping and sliding in the first half, and Lamar changing his place, it goes into the Locker room, and he disappears. The controversy, did he have cramps? He had to use the bathroom. And he comes out, out of the phone booth like Superman. Fourth and five, game on the game, hanging in the balance. And he throws a game-winning, or at least could have been a game-winning touchdown pass to Hollywood Brown, who couldn't catch anything, who couldn't catch a cold, you know, all game long. I mean, it was it was crazy. And then, of course, from a Cleveland standpoint, Bacon Mayfield playing like an absolute stud and leading Cleveland and leading Cleveland's 14-point comeback. It, it was crazy. Absolutely, positively crazy. Take a break, close out the show. We'll be back right after this.
1: A star, a star dancing in the night with a tail as big as a clay with a tail
0: Welcome back to the i T I podcast. Switching gears now to uh, two items I want to get on the board before we say goodbye. One of the NBA and one of Major League Baseball. Get to the baseball first because we haven't talked to any of it essentially since uh, the World Series concluded back in late October. Um, but that is that the Philadelphia Phillies... Uh, have tapped uh, Dave Dombrowski as their new uh, pre- team president and new GM. So, uh, so and Philly and the Phillies are in a situation right now. Uh, look, they can have Bryce Harper, I don't care, DD Gregorius, and Joe Girardi as manager. Problem is with the Philadelphia Phillies, they get they've had two, two straight years now, 2019 and 2020, where this team was. You know, filled with tremendous hype and was expected and predicted to do big things, make the postseason, win the division, and possibly make a World Series run. And, and they can't even finish that 500, let alone make the playoffs. So, Philadelphia is going to—2021, no excuses. Now, 2021 is put up a shut-up time. You got to make the playoffs and you got to make a little noise here instead of all this all this unnecessary preseason hype. I mean, enough and And the big and the big problem, and the big reason why they have not gotten to the postseason in the last couple of years is because their bullpen has been absolutely horrendous i mean they got they got harper they got you know they make all they make all the decent things got decent starting pitching, and then their bullpen is is a complete dumpster fire i mean apps. i mean it's horrendous, so they brought in Dabrowski in to, uh, to basically, they're in a win now mode, where it's like let's quit fronting around, let's uh, win our division, make the postseason, win a couple of postseason series, and you know, come 2025, we expect to be participating in a uh, in a World Series, and that's the, and that's pretty much this Philadelphia's mindset, because uh, because they know that this championship window is going to uh, stay open forever, so they bring on Dombrowski to see if he can put together a championship uh, baseball team and getting put together a decent bullpen so uh, so the uh, Philadelphia Phillies can hoist the commissioner's trophy sometime in the 2020s uh, decade. Um, and uh, Dombrowski, in case you don't know, has, you know, he won the 2018 World Series, was the GM that constructed the team for the Red Sox. Uh, won a won a World Series in '97 with the Marlins. So this guy and uh, constructed a 2012 World World Series roster with the Detroit Tigers. So uh, two of them, as a matter of fact. So this guy knows how to win. And he knows how to put together a winning ball club. It's just a matter of uh, will it uh, come to fruition for the Philadelphia Phillies in 2021 and beyond. He hinted earlier this soft season that he that he wasn't going to return to an MLB front office in 2021. He moved to he moved to Nashville, Tennessee as a part of a uh, as a part of a little group there, Major League Baseball of trying to uh, bring a baseball team to to bring a baseball team to the city of uh, of Nashville. Looks like it's not going to be the case. He will go to Philadelphia and he will be the new president and uh, be the new GM and put to see if he can put together a championship ball club for the Philadelphia Phillies. The second item of business I want to get to before we say goodbye is uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. It will be a, a Milwaukee Buck. That news broke early, earlier this week that he will be a Buck for the next five years. Two hundred twenty-eight million dollars uh, is you know max salary. Um, for, uh, for Milwaukee, so Giannis will be a buck until, uh, 2025, 2026, which is, uh, good for the NBA, you know, that these players aren't, you know, running, aren't running to, uh, join up with each other and create these, uh, create these alliances where, it where it's like, you know, you got, what, four or five teams that are really relevant amongst, the uh, 30 plus teams in the NBA, where you don't have to worry about that, whereas it, where it pretty much becomes like a five, a four-five team league, and all the other twenty-plus franchises are irrelevant because they don't have a big-time star, especially if they aren't uh, playing in a huge basketball market or or do not play for a huge, uh, or do not play for a huge franchise. So it's good that uh, that Giannis showed some loyalty and uh, and is going to stay with his uh, homegrown team in the Bucks. Which is always a phenomenal thing, not just in the in the NBA, but in sports when te- when players stick with teams who that uh who originally drafted them and groomed them and and was their team that they made that their their NBA day de- or made their debuts with and, and was uh introduced to the sports world as a member of their team as so you know, you love to see stuff like you love to see uh signings and moments like that where the player stays and doesn't, you know, go ahead and, and ring chase and start chasing money and go for the for the hot uh for the hot attractive, you know, team that's calling his name out out of the Lakers or Golden State or anything else like that or Miami or anything else. So it's good to see that and uh and you will know that the um and you you know you can bet the house on it. Now the chances of them actually coming through be slim to none because Giannis has to prove that he can get his team home with shooting the basketball, which he has not proven that so far. But in the playoffs, but you know the Bucks are always going to be in the conversation as best teams in the Eastern Conference and uh, and uh, an Eastern Conference uh, favorite to make the NBA Finals. So And, uh, which is, which is, uh, which is a plus from a Milwaukee Bucks standpoint, because if Giannis was gone, you can make the argument why even bother go to a game or why sell a ticket outside of seeing, you know, the, uh, you know, seeing the opposing team come into town for that one time, uh, for that once a year deal, you know, when the Lakers come into Milwaukee once a year or the Clippers come into Milwaukee once a year or, or situations like that, but Giannis is a buck for the next five years, two hundred twenty-eight million dollars. The ma- the uh, the max, is what their contract is worth. I think there's a uh, player opt-out in at the end of the uh, at the end of the fourth year, if I'm not mistaken. And Dave Dombrowski, former GM, formerly or more recently, I should say, of the Boston Red Sox, is the Philadelphia Phillies' uh, new GM. So there you have it. That is the two items I wanted to get on the board. And uh, and that is where you stand as far as the NBA, the big news, but as far as the NBA and Major League Baseball are concerned. And that is your show. And that is your episode of the Amatel Catelius Podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe. Follow your boy on Twitter and Instagram at Shield. Follow your boy, or excuse me, follow the show on Twitter at It underscore it, T-I-S. Follow the show on Instagram at Amatella underscore podcast. It's your boy, Josh Shields. Talk to you on Saturday to preview week 15 or maybe Friday. I don't know. I'll surprise y'all. This has been the Amatella Like a T-I-S podcast. Y'all stay safe. Y'all take care. See ya.